Hello and welcome to another week, another My News Rep edition. About the news from the SAP and Microsoft world. Last week was a special edition about DSAG Live. Now this week we will go back to the regular agenda. So uh, let's go. Let's start the session. Um, first of all, some uh, general topics, some general news. Of course, uh, there is some, some aftermath of uh, DSAG. So um, what is available now from DSAG? Um, we have are publicly available, I have to say. Um, all the keynotes are available in a consolidated playlist on the YouTube channel of DSAG. Um, and if you want to take a look at them or if you miss them or could not attend the conference, well, then that's your option to see all the all the keynotes. I have to say the regular talks are not available publicly and I'm, I'm not sure if they will be available publicly at some point in time. Then there is also another um, contribution for the, um, for the DSAG Live by uh, Christian Michel, who um, recorded two podcast episodes um, with interviews. Uh, they're, they're quite lengthy, so more than three hours to, to listen to. And um, what is quite nice is it's not with the keynote speakers, but it's all with uh, the participants of SAP that held some talks um, over the five days. So, for example, we have talks from, from Marco Dorn uh, on Kima. We had uh, um, talks on Business by Design. So um, all those um, experts are giving their... Um, opinions there within these uh, two episodes. So I think, yeah, quite, quite worth to listen to those. Then I um, also want to draw your attention to um, a new member in the Twitter universe. Maybe you already came across across that one. It's the um, SAP open source Twitter handle, which is the official Twitter handle of the open source office within SAP. So um, all the tweets there are coming from the department that's responsible for all the open source activities within SAP, like um, uh, Gardener or the Corona app. Uh, there is also the link to this uh, page if you want to uh, get an overview about all the open source um, contributions that SAP is, is doing. Then one, one last point that crossed my path in the in the last week, which might be of interest, if you um, have discussions around the world of um, public cloud, private cloud, um, multiple cloud vendors, and so on. Here is a quite um, nice article about the the pros and cons of multi cloud, which highlights really from my perspective from very. Um, an, neutral standpoint what are pros what are cons what do you have to take into account when you go down this path of a multi-cloud environment yeah that's it for the uh, let's say general news let's switch to um, the usual next agenda point namely sap cloud platform and there was one announcement that i think will be well highly appreciated by uh, a lot 
of customers and partners working on the SAP Cloud Platform because maybe you um, were aware that um, last year, quite surprisingly, uh, backing services were kind of discontinued when it comes to, let's say, Postgres SQL or um, RabbitMQ. And SAP's advice was to switch to the um, hyperscaler offerings uh, using the um, open service broker API of the, of the hyperscalers. Um, you could do so, uh, but then it was kind of, a, of an unmanaged offering because you yourself were responsible to hook everything up. And now on uh, October the 14th, um, there was the announcement that um, managed hyperscaler backing services are now back um, on SAP Cloud Platform and they are also available in the SAP Cloud Platform trial accounts. This um, yeah, is especially important for those of you who are using PostgreSQL or for example Redis um, because yeah, life will be easier if it's, if it's a managed offering, I think. Then there is also um, quite some news on the trial landscape. Um, for example, the SAP Cloud Platform continuous integration and delivery service is now available on trial. Um, this service is kind of, uh, um, yeah, how should I say, CICD as a service service, um, which helps you with some uh, common CICD tasks based on a, on a very um, basic configuration so you do not have to to go into the depth of, of let's say jenkins or something like that um you can you can stay on top of that and you can also try it out on a trial i think that's uh, quite quite nice now what do we have next another news from the um ci cd area um it's the sap cloud platform automation pilot uh, that's a new service on um, SAP Cloud Platform. This automation pilot helps you um, with a lot of, let's say, DevOps tasks. Um, it's described here um, within the blog post. There are basically three scenarios uh, that are supported, um, like um, executing repetitive tasks, um, dealing with alerts and notifications because some um, services are down, uh, including automatic remediation and um, also some topics about uh, transportation management on SAP Cloud Platform. So also another service that tries to kind of give the, the or make the picture on, on SAP Cloud Platform from a CI-CD service more complete. Um, I think all those services are currently kind of starting, so the, the feature scope, I think, will be enriched over time more and more in order to deal also with, with different topics, with more sophisticated topics, but nice starting points from my perspective. Then, um, of course, no session on my news rep without the uh, cloud application programming model. So um, we have one contribution within the SAP blog area about running uh, CAP node applications in the SAP Business Application Studio. 
Um, this is now really about um, how to uh, deal with uh, the run configurations within the business application studio. So how can you define different um, run configurations in order to, for example, um, have a different configuration for the development and the productive environment. This is here pointed out within this blog post by Liat Bornstein, um, yeah, which, which is quite decent introduction. I think these um, dot files um, are this, this configuration files that are available within the Business Application Studio is also quite a topic for um, DJ Adams, as far as I have seen on the Devtoberfest this week, and I think he started already last week. So if you're working with the Business Application Studio, um, I think this blog and also the contributions of DJ are worth a look. Then um, we have another blog about um, the cloud application programming model, um, which highlights how to consume the uh, Microsoft 365 API. In, in principle, from my perspective, that's simply an example of how to consume external APIs. However, I think this blog is quite um, worth to mention because it really describes all the, the configuration steps that you have to do around consuming the service with the cloud application programming model, like configuring your destination, um, how to, to really um, add the CDS views into your, or the, the CDS entities within your uh, CAD model and so on and so forth. So um, not a super long block contribution, but definitely helpful if you have such a requirement or if you must um, consume external services within the cloud application programming model. Then um, picking up again the um, CICD topic now together with cloud application programming model um, on the developers.sap.com area there is one new tutorial within the tutorial navigator um, that describes how to build a CI and CD pipeline with the so-called Project Piper, which is the um, open source project of um, SAP when it comes to CI CD, um, tailored for um, SAP Cloud Application Programming Model. Um, it's like all the tutorials, uh, a step-by-step -step guide that really takes you by your hand and leads you through the different steps. What do you have to do? right from the from the very start on, on installing the the cds developer toolkit uh, down to um, setting up your ci cd pipeline looking into the the jenkins server um, and so on and so forth for those who are working with the um, cloud sdk i think it's quite um, let's say common ground what you will see within this tutorial then um, let's go to my preferred environment on SAP Cloud Platform. From my perspective, the only real environment, um, the Kima environment. Um, there is one blog post about how to deploy Eclipse Dirigible, or however one would pronounce that, on the SAP Cloud Platform Kima environment. As far as I have seen, this Eclipse thingy is another open source cloud platform development 
IDE, I, I gave up to uh, really dig into what Eclipse has to offer where, because it's, from my perspective, it's a mess. But this blog is quite interesting because it gives a quite holistic view what you have to do if you deploy uh, containers on SAP Cloud Platform Kima runtime, including things like uh, securing these um, deployments so that not everybody can access your your endpoints and this is described within this blog post to a quite extensible uh, way with all the uh, relevant yaml files that you need in order to um, make all that stuff available um, defining api routes and so on and so forth so don't get misled by the by the title from my perspective because the the gener generic part of the content is really helpful if you are dealing with um, the deployment of your containers into the Kima environment. Uh, however, there was not much more about Kima this week, so I think they all need to take a breath and after the deployment of uh, Kima environment to SubCloud Platform trial. So let's see if there are more news in the upcoming weeks. Then. Um, from the more general development part on um, SAP Cloud Platform, there is one FAQ on the upper breastful application programming model that's available that was released last week, um, which I think is, is quite helpful, especially if you want to start, if you have questions. Um, there are also a lot of blog posts and, and help.sap.com pages linked to that FAQ. So if you are dealing with that, um, part of SAP Cloud Platform, or if you are on a on a more up-to-date version of S4HANA on-prem, then um, I think this is the place to go. By the way, um, if I read the title correctly, the RUB has already changed its name. It's now the ABAP RESTful Application Programming Model. Um, so I think this application part came new in, but Renaming at SAP is something that's part of the game. Then um, sticking to the um, ABAP environment, to Steampunk on SAP Cloud Platform, there is also a blog post about um, CI CD tooling for SAP Cloud Platform. When I saw the title, I was quite surprised um, what this will bring. And um, basically uh, what the content of this blog is um, giving you an insight what's available from an API perspective with respect to the Git-enabled um, transport system, GCTS, and um, ATC APIs, so ABAP test cockpit APIs, in order to implement at least, um, um, let's say, a background execution of, um, of the ATC based on, on um, commits within your Git repository. So it's just static code checks. Uh, so CICD might be a bit, um, a big call out uh, within the title, but I think it's it's right step in the, in the right direction. Um, you will also see that it's basically just executing ATC mainly um, within a, a Jenkins um, uh, Jenkins CI/CD environment, uh, there is 
one thing that I want to make you aware of, really scroll down the blog and go down to the uh, comments on the blog because there is some discussions um, around um, the, the contents and some open questions by Lars Huam, the um, founder, creator, mastermind behind ABAPKit that are also quite important additional information when you want to do, um, let's say, CI, CD in the ABAP environment. Okie dokie, what do we have next? Um, yeah, then there was another blog by Rui Nuguera uh, containing some more information about the um, SAP One Domain model, um, which is SAP's way to, to tackle, let's say, the, um, the different domains within all the SAP modules, kind of a, of a, a lingua franca um, within SAP's uh, portfolio of, of different offerings. Um, and yeah, this blog basically highlights the news around um, that area and also highlights that um, you can disclose all the information on the um, one data model, one domain model on the SAP API Business Hub, where it's um, publicly accessible. Then um, I, I came across a little blog about calling ABAP from Node.js, um, where they reference some um, well Node.js libraries, NPM libraries that can help you by from when when you have to call um, RFCs or BAPIs from a Node environment. Um, yeah, maybe someone has the necessity to do so. Then I think this library can help you a lot. And um, last but not least, one blog by um, Marius Obert um, within his uh, series of uh, Cloud Native Lab. So it's the second blog within the series. And it's quite interesting because he compares the, the manifests of Cloud Foundry and Kima. Um, what do I mean or what does he mean when he describes that, that manifests? It's the deployment manifests. So what do you have to tell the environment in order to make your, um, your application run within the different environments? And as you probably know, the philosophy behind Cloud Foundry is different to the one behind Kima, which is Kubernetes based. Um, so the, the deployment files look a bit different. Um, I also really like the uh, the summary on this blog post. So there's really extensive blog post that highlights all the, the differences, especially also when it comes to service bindings um, within the different environments. And um, at the end of the day, there are some things that, that are really highlighted. Um, especially one thing that, uh, that I saw is um, He's highly impressed as well as I am highly impressed by the speed of Kima. So not only the, the web interface is super fast and that there is a reason for that because it's built on Luigi, which is a, a kind of a micro framework um, that was also developed by the, by the folks who developed Kima, um, which is really incredible fast. So if you have been on the, on the Kima trial, the UI is, is lightning fast compared to the rest of the SAP Cloud Platform. And also the CLI is super fast. So deployment to, I think there is one sentence by him, 
um, where he deployed the app to Cloud Foundry, which took him uh, one over a minute, and to deploy to Kima, it took him half a minute. So um, yeah, there's quite some discussion now going on. What is the, the go-to uh, environment in the future? Is it Cloud Foundry? Is it Kima? And yeah, I'm a bit biased, but I would say Kima is definitely worth a look, um, especially when you see those numbers and when you see the, the and also feel the experience on, on the Kima environment. So it's really one of the, the best things that SAP released for, for developers in the, in the last years. Then uh, picking up the uh, cloud native topic um, of this blog post by Marius, uh, there is also a new um, video series on the, uh, let's say, corresponding Microsoft channel. I already highlighted that uh, cloud native community blog by Microsoft in one of the previous episodes. And there is now uh, a new um, format, which is the cloud native club where on a more or less regular basis, uh, once in a month, um, there will be some, some video contributions. Um, the first one will be on the 28th of October um, on the distributed application runtime called Depper. I also uh, mentioned that one in one of the previous episodes, in several of the previous episodes, and we will also have some, some points on that one within this episode. So. I think definitely worth watching. Then uh, to, to the real Microsoft part of the house um, and to my beloved um, functions, I want to highlight one blog post um, that was published on DevTO about um, a Docker container on uh, a Docker container with Azure functions um, implemented in Python. Uh, that is uh, also using um, OCR functionality, uh, OCR library within uh, Python and developing the Azure function with Python and then deploying it um, as, a, as a Docker image. So as I, I'm not getting tired to say, um, Azure functions are completely agnostic from the from the uh, environment so you can deploy them to any kubernetes cluster you can deploy them to the, to the azure function environment of course um, this block is another example for the um, from my perspective the power of um, azure functions as you can containerize them and put them on basically every environment that can run containers within this context there is also um, a new uh, video released on channel 9 which is one of the many channels that microsoft has for for news on the for developers and there is one series that's called on.net which as the title says focuses usually on .net topics uh, but this time jeff holon um, product manager of azure functions was there and he presented the auto scaling auto scaling kubernetes workloads uh, called kida which is also a sandbox project uh, within the cloud native um, foundation. And well, this is very important if you want to run functions within Kubernetes because this um, complements the, the auto scaling functionality of Kubernetes um, with a more 
event-driven way of, of scaling things. Quite nice 20 minute video, um, highly recommend it to watch that. Then uh, I, I would like to draw your attention to another video published by, um, by Microsoft on the uh, Power Platform channel. And that's about how to build and publish Power Virtual Agents and uh, integrate them in Microsoft Teams. From my perspective, also a topic that's quite interesting for SAP developers um, as all the worlds are growing more together and especially the integration into um, Microsoft Teams with chatbots and um, mixing, blending that with SAP information is something that's uh, probably a topic at a lot of customers in the future. So um, if you want to get um, an impression, a very short impression, it's just a two minute video, um, how things work there with this power platform, take a look at that one. Then um, also um, quite interesting news for uh, people who are developing on the Azure platform and using Azure Key Vault, which is the secret key store on, on Azure. Um, it's a quite central part usually within um, the development of applications because this is your, your store of secrets. You can reference them from different services, those uh, keys, and you manage them within the Key Vault. So you have one central repository. And up to now, it was not really possible to react on changes within Key Vault in an automatic manner. And now Azure Key Vault um, got um, integration, a native integration with the event grid service on, on Azure, uh, which basically means that you can now uh, publish events from, from Azure Key Vault, put them into event grid and consume them via the usual ways, logic apps, Azure functions whatsoever in order to automatically handle um, actions within there and automate all your operation processes. So I think that's quite worth a note if you are around that area. Then um, we had Dapper before in the uh, Cloud Native um, Club format. I switched back to Dapper. That was also a very cool video. If you have not yet get into touch with Dapper, would like to see something what is Dapper? How how can that help you? Then I would recommend um, this video also on the .NET show. This time with a bit of .NET within it, but um, in order to to get a, a glimpse into Dapper, you don't need to know anything about .NET. This just shows you how Dapper can help you in building microservices. And the, the good news is up to now, Dapper was released in yeah, 0 0.6, 0 0.7 releases, so not production ready. And there is another news that came out. Um, Dapper will become production ready soon. So the first release candidate will be um, published in November 2020. And then with some iterations, probably some further release candidates, Dapper V1 will um, come out and Dapper is generic. It's not limited to .NET or to the .NET ecosystem. You can use it in Go, you can use it in Java, you can use it in Node and Python. And it really helps you with uh, dealing with the challenges of microservices. 
in especially in um, a Kubernetes-based ecosystem. So that one is, from my perspective, also of interest. If you think about deploying microservices within Kima, so this can also, in addition, help you a lot. So definitely worth a look. As I said, Kubernetes, I also want to uh, bring to your attention to um, resources. If you want to learn Kubernetes, want to dig a bit deeper into this Kubernetes area, there's one um, kind of free book offering by uh, Microsoft. Uh, so you can download uh, some books uh, from um, Pact and from O'Reilly. The only price you have to pay is to enter your personal data in there and then you get the download link and you can download um, free books, um, free ebooks, which yeah, might be quite handy if you want to make your hands dirty with Kubernetes, especially um, within the Azure universe. And then there is another from my perspective, highly appreciated initiative by uh, Pavan Belagati, who um, published a really nice document on Kubernetes within his, his Google Docs uh, folder. Um, yeah, and gave that to public. So you now have publicly available uh, short and crisp um, description uh, about Kubernetes, how it works, how you set it up, a bit about security um, and so on. So uh, really uh, cool community action by, by Pavan. Then, um, as usual, we had SAP, we had Microsoft now. Let's see where both worlds meet. Was also a bit quiet um, in that area, but there was one um, contribution on LinkedIn that I have linked within the show notes uh, dealing with robotic process automation and the corresponding playbook on SAP GUI automation with Power Automate. Now, there is one thing um, up to now, Power Automate was not really capable of automating SAP GUI. It was really a pain to do that. Um, now, due to the acquisition of another company and renaming of the other of the product, which is now called Power Automate Desktop, um, robotic process automation with um, Power Automate is easier and yeah, finally possible. Um, so if you have to do, if you have to work in that area, take a look at that option, take a look at this um, small post about um, robotic process automation with the Power Platform. Uh, then I have another post um, that's kind of not my turf, but I think it gives a very nice overview and um, helps you to to take a look into um, the migration of SAP landscapes to Azure, what steps are necessary, um, what parties are involved. Um, it's quite short, quite crisp blog. Um, I think also I am not an infrastructure person. It's always quite interesting to see um, how things work there without going into the deepest depth of uh, how to size your system uh, on, on Azure. There are better folks there and um, more experts that, that can talk about that. 
then we uh, have another news around the, the Logic Apps area. Uh, as you might know, there are some connectors to the SAP world within the Logic Apps area of um, um, Microsoft. And for those of you who have to deal with iDocs, and I think that's a quite usual, still a quite usual format, um, it seems that um, plain SAP XML iDoc support is coming as this screenshot suggests within Logic Apps. So this might be quite helpful, especially when it comes to um, integrating with your SAP system with um, third parties if you use Logic Apps, which is a yeah, quite natural choice in that area. Okay, so um, that was it from the area SAP combined with Microsoft. Uh, I have some, I have two announcements when it comes to education now. Um, SAP Tech Ed is around the corner, so it will be take place on from the 8th to the 10th of December as a purely uh, remote event. And it will be a 48 hour nonstop learning event. Um, and I have linked one blog that came out recently about the updates on that event, about um, what, what formats will be available, what um, topics will be covered within the SAP Tacket. Um, unfortunately, you can still not register. There is still no real agenda for, for SAP Tacket. But if you want to get a small update, um, if you want to see what to expect, at least at a, a rough level, then this block is your place to be. And of course, as every month, there is the Azure Functions Live, um, the monthly format of the product management of Azure Functions. And what Chef Holland really is now, um, well, fall in love with um, nice intros of the Azure Functions and now based on the Halloween that is coming up, he correspondingly branded this session in a more Halloween manner. So it's taking place at the 28th of October. So if you have the time to watch it, that's the place uh, highly recommended from my perspective really uh, one hour very open discussion about the news, um, about the plans, uh, what's to come within the Azure Functions area. Yeah, so finally finished for today. I just have um, three more things about productivity. Um, there is one um, extension that came out for Visual Studio Code, which is bringing the browser developer tools, so the, the things that you get when you press F12, to uh, Visual Studio Code. Um, that's, I think, quite quite nice for, for those of us who do um, UI development. So yeah, Windows block referenced within my show notes, if you're interested in that. Then, of course, there is also uh, some news about Windows Terminal, where um, 1.3 um, is out now, I think, since a few weeks. And there is one blog about tips and tricks, how to set up Windows Terminal, how you can customize it, typical shortcuts, how you want to split your windows and so on and so forth. 
from my perspective, super helpful um, when you start with Windows Terminal. And I hope you are on a, on a Windows version that allows to deploy that. Um, that's sometimes an issue with uh, corporate laptops or corporate, um, let's say, uh, devices, um, because there is a quite conservative way how to deal with Windows um, images. Windows Terminal is available since 1909, if I'm not mistaken. And then there is another cool uh, um, document that's available since quite some time, but somehow this passed my, my Twitter timeline uh, this week. It's about how to set up development environment on Windows 10 for different um, uh, development styles, environments, ecosystems um, like Node.js, like Python, uh, like C Sharp, of course, um, how to get started with Docker desktop for Windows and so on and so forth. It's a really uh, um, nice wrap up of all the things that um, can help you. There is also, for those of you who want to make the transition from a Mac to Windows, a little uh, support in there. Um, so for all the Mac users who want to go to Windows, here you go. Um, and there's also one, one second aspect why I highlighted that. So if somebody of SAP is listening to that, who is working in the area of, let's say, Business Application Studio, perhaps something like that might be quite helpful for your uh, users to uh, get started with Business Application Studio if you're working with UF5, if you're working with CUP and so on and so forth. So I think such a concise um, yeah, gathering of all the information, how to set up um, your environment, not being spread about hundreds of blog posts is quite helpful. And before finishing this session, I want to uh, draw your attention to one more um, person you should follow if you are um, working in the area of Azure, and that's Gwyneth Pena. She is a Microsoft MVP, and she has really a great YouTube channel with a lot of learning content all around Azure, serverless, C-sharp. Now she's tapping more into the, the Blazor topic. It's always, uh, um, often it's, it's a study stream, so you follow along how she um, taps into topics. So it's really super cool, um, super helpful. Um, I like the format, I like the style. Um, so if you dig into some topics, there are, I think, a lot of videos already out there. Um, yeah, take a look. It's definitely worth watching. With that, um, yeah, I already talked quite some time. I um, thank you for your attention. I hope I could uh, bring some news, some relevant information to the top of your head, um, raise some blog posts that you might have missed. So um, thank you and have a nice Friday, have a nice weekend. I see you again next week at my news rep. Bye.